Well, good afternoon, everybody. How you doing? Merry Christmas. So great to see you here. If you're uh, from Bay Life, great to see you. But if you're not, hi, I'm Mark. And I'm so glad that you, hi, yes, hi. Uh, so glad that you made it today. Uh, if you came with a friend, uh, if you came with a, a family member as a hostage, it was a condition of you being able to participate tonight or tomorrow in Christmas events. Uh, if you came because you drove by, uh, by our church and saw the signs or found us online, doesn't matter. If you came, uh, and this isn't normally where you hang out, uh, I'm just so glad you're here. I believe you're here by appointment uh, because I've been praying uh, that people would come to these services that we're holding over the next couple of days uh, and that they'd enjoy uh, a part of maybe a Christian tradition that you've had for years, uh, but, but they would also understand, that you would understand, if you haven't yet, uh, what Christmas is really all about. Uh, I think if, uh, if, if we had to ask you, you could probably pass a, a simple quiz on the, on the basic details of Christmas, who we celebrate, uh, why he was born maybe. But I want you to know the person behind Christmas as a result of listening to me for the next half hour. And I've been praying uh, to that end that you would know the true light of the world and that he would make a difference in your life. Even at the end of our service, I'm going to give you a chance to make some choices in that regard. And uh, I want to ask everybody who already knows Jesus to be praying with me uh, to that end so that if people are here as a result of being uh, appointed by a God uh, who is sovereign and who directs men's paths, if, if a person here is, uh, who's, uh, is here who's ready to know Jesus, uh, that they would receive him. I hope you figured out our theme today. It's on our bulletins. It's all over our stage. We're, we're, we're talking about lights. And I think it's totally fitting because Christmas and lights go together. Do you agree? Yeah, like it doesn't feel like Christmas in my house until we put the fake tree up and, uh, and, and get those lights going. I, in fact, we use the Christmas tree as our lighting source in our main room pretty much for the entire month of December. And it just kind of gets you in the mood. Bing Crosby on the record player. We have one of those, actually. And then the Christmas lights in our house. It's the only time in our culture uh, where really we take lights outside of the house and put them uh, on our roofs. And our, like there's this one house, maybe you're going to go after we're done later tonight as part of your Christmas Eve tradition. Go look at the lights on other people's houses. Or maybe you're the Clark Griswold in your neighborhood. I don't know. Uh, there's one in mine. I call his house Vegas. Uh, because every uh, Thanksgiving, uh, the lights go up, and they, they, I don't know if they do the Clark thing where the, oh, you know, and the, and the plugs come together, but, uh, uh, but that thing, that, I mean, you can see it from space. It is bright, and, uh, and it, you know, every time we walk past it on one of our evening walks, it reminds me of Christmas. Christmas and lights go together. I think God's totally fine with Christmas and lights going together, even though maybe they're uh, kind of more towards uh, the Santa story and stuff like that. He's cool with it because the first Christmas was just immersed in light. Did you know that? Like the shepherds were hanging out in this field on the night that Jesus was born and uh, the angels came and they brought a message of the, uh, the arrival of the Son of God and, and it says that the glory shone all around and so much so that they were sore afraid. Uh, it was the greatest light show probably ever seen on earth. Blows away all the fireworks on uh, July 4th and any Christmas lighting that you've ever seen. Even the, the wise men who are a part of your nativity scenes, they don't really show up for a couple years, but even the wise men, what was, what, what was the, 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 uh, the, the thing that guided them to where Jesus was living? It was a light, a star in the sky. Christmas and lights just go together. That's why we've built our service around that idea. I'm actually going to give you a chance to be a part of the lighting. Uh, would you like that? If you look down on the sides of your, uh, your rows, we actually have lights in these little uh, gift bags. They look like this. They're candlelight-looking things. And we're going to actually uh, have a light, 
uh, element in our service at the end of our service when we sing Silent Night. Yeah, you're already starting to pass them. Please do that. Pass those down. Everybody take one. Everybody take a light. Uh, A few uh, disclaimers uh, as we're doing this. Uh, First of all, if you can't control yourself in this light, give it to someone else who can. Uh, I'd rather not preach to a room full of this the whole time, if that's at all possible. If you have kids uh, uh, like I did or like I was when I was a kid, um, uh, please uh, help them not hold one of these candles while I'm talking to you. Uh, You could leave them off. Some of you already got them on. I've got mine on. I'll turn it off as emblematic of that. Please uh, leave them off until we're done. Make sure everybody has one. And then uh, lastly, this this is our second of, of four services. We need them back. This is not a this is not a party favor, okay? Uh, don't take this home, sorry. Uh, we're going to use them again. Uh, my final thing is this, and I actually had to say this out loud last night, and, and, uh, and apparently it, it came to fruition. Uh, please don't put these candles in your nose or any other uh, hole in your head. Uh, some children apparently thought that's what it was for. Uh, so you might want to be careful where you touch on those things. Anyway, uh, And if you can, please turn all those lights out right now, and we'll use them at the end of the service. I appreciate it. I, for one, am grateful that the the first words uh, God ever uttered were these, let there be light. Did you know that's what he said first? First words ever uttered by God in the Bible, let there be light. Uh, I'm grateful for light. Are you? Makes it easier uh, to kind of get around in life. Makes it uh, uh, a little less scary. I remember uh, growing up as a kid, I was terrified of the dark. Still kind of am, but... uh, uh, but paralyzed, uh, as it were, by the darkness uh, growing up as a child. My, uh, my mom uh, would put me to bed early some days when I wasn't being as obedient as I needed to be. Anybody ever, ever had that one? Uh, one night I wasn't cleaning up with my sisters. I was around the age of four, and uh, so my punishment was to go to bed early. Well, she uh, put me in my, my bed. It was uh, probably around 7 o'clock uh, in wintertime, so it was already very dark outside. And, and when she left my room, she shut the door. Oh, man, just don't do that to Mark at four years old. That's just not good because that hall light is my strength. It's my, it's my source of comfort. But when she blotted it out with that bedroom door, uh, I, I was already upset that I was going to bed early, but now I was completely freaked out. I used to watch Sesame Street uh, growing up. I only had three channels. One was PBS, and, uh, and so Sesame Street was my thing. But there was this one character on Sesame Street. He was my boogeyman. I don't know who he was. Can't remember him uh, uh, other than what he looks like. But every time the lights would go out, uh, this character from Sesame Street would be there, and he would just, uh, you know, torture me, and I was afraid of him. And so uh, on this particular night, uh, I, was, I was just like, I'm not having it. I'm going to go open the door of my bedroom and uh, make sure I get some light in there. Well, uh, <laughs> my mom has compassion on me uh, still to this day, and at that time she remembered I was afraid of the dark, and so she decided to come back and open the door at the same time that I was walking towards the door, and she was going to open it with some real gusto so she could just reassert that if I had been more, you know, uh, uh, industrious, I wouldn't be in this situation. Well, she, she opened it with such gusto, she hit me right here, and she opened me up eight stitches. Uh, that was a fun story to be telling people. Seriously, it was an accident. Anyway, uh, but my first trip to the ER as a kid was over my fear of the dark. That's why I'm so glad that God said, let there be light. I was 10 years old and uh, uh, living in uh, a place up north where uh, uh, they have these things called basements. For those of you who grew up in Florida, there's these holes that you put houses over in the north. And, uh, um, and in the basements that I lived in and the houses that we lived in, they were never finished. Some, some finish, uh, people who have basements finish them out real nice. It's like an extra part of the house, but I never lived in one of those. I just lived in the dark, dank, uh, you know, uh, single light basement. 
If you're from up there, maybe you know what I'm talking about. Now, there would be one light like this with a pull cord, you know, in the middle of the basement down near the furnace, and that would be the only light source in this place that the house had forgotten. Uh, my parents put a, a, a big box freezer down there. We called it the deep freeze. And uh, in the deep freeze, we would always put a cow every year. We'd, we'd get a cow from a farmer, and, and we'd have hamburger and all the meats, and, and I would have to go down there two or three times a week to get food, uh, meat for dinner. And in the winter, it was, it was darker than dark down there. The snow would fall, build up around the sides of the house, just, uh, you know, huge drifts covering the windows of the basement. There is, there's absolutely no light source except for the door at the top of the stairs. And once you got down to the bottom of the stairs, that sucker didn't work at all. And so my mom would tell me to go get the hamburger for, for dinner, and I'd be like, Mom, it's, it's scary down there. And she would challenge my manhood and then threaten me with more, you know, bedtimes or something like that. And I'd, I'd end up going downstairs. Uh, <laughs> anybody done this? I'm hugging the wall, going down the steps. I'm staying as close as I can to, to things that I know. But uh, in, invariably, what I had to do was what you have to do when you're in the dark. You just, you just start doing this, because I knew there was a cord out there somewhere. If I could just find it, I'd tripping on things and almost found, and finally, oh, and I'd feel the string, and I'd pull it. Ah, right? 60 watts of incandescent goodness. Just flooding that basement with light. I'd run to the deep freeze, grab the burger, and I, I got really good at this. I could just run out of the basement with like three strides and on the way run past this thing and pull the cord, hit the base of the stairs, and be upstairs where the rest of humanity was safe, right? Yeah, I'm grateful that God said, let there be light. And there's a couple of things that I learned growing up in those situations where light came in handy. The first one is this, that light, light helps us get to where we need to go. Agreed? Um, there's no way I could have successfully navigated that basement without that light in the middle of the room. There's no way that any of us driving home tonight uh, will um, feel as safe as we could if we weren't uh, driving with our headlights on. Have you ever seen that person who uh, absentmindedly gets in their car in the middle of the night and starts driving without putting their headlights on? Are you flashing them like I am? I'm like, come on, buddy. We're out here. We need to be able to see you. Grateful for street lights, all those things. Lights um, mark the way home. They help us get to where we need to go. The second thing I learned is that lights let us see what's going on around us. I was so afraid of the dark in my bedroom. But just even opening that door a little bit and letting some light in, it made everything okay. If I could just see what was going on around me. My fear would ebb. My stress would leave. Light has that kind of property for us, too. It lets us know what's going on in our lives and helps us see what's going on around us. If you haven't figured out where I'm going as far as talking about Jesus, uh, we're going to talk about him being the, the one true light uh, who has come to the world uh, here at this time that we celebrate every year called Christmas. And he came uh, to be the spiritual light for all of mankind so that all of mankind could know the way that they needed to go, so that all of mankind could have his light shine around them and give them the peace that only he could give. I'm going to talk about that tonight, but to do that, I've got to go to the Bible. So if you have one, you can open to the book of John. Uh, if you don't, it'll be on the screen, so you can just kind of read along with me. Uh, and, and I don't want to presume that everybody knows what the Bible's all about or how it works. Let me just kind of briefly explain it. It's kind of cut into two sections. One is the Old Testament, and the other is the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you can say a lot about that, but in the Old Testament, all you basically need to know, it's, it's the story of God and man uh, before Jesus shows up. The New Testament then begins 
uh, with these four separate writings called the Gospels. They're written by uh, four different guys named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these Gospels all tell the same story, essentially. They tell the story of, of the coming of Christ, the birth of Jesus, and then his life, his death, his resurrection, and in between they sprinkle in all the stories and teachings that help us uh, who have uh, chosen the Christian faith know how to live uh, the Christian life. Uh, Matthew and Luke are probably the, the books you've most heard at Christmas. They're the ones that kind of have the story of Jesus and, the, and, the, and, the, and his actual birth, you know, Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men and, and, and the stable and the manger. That's all in Matthew and in Luke. Mark, you probably never heard a, a, a Christmas message from the book of Mark because he doesn't talk about it. It's kind of a shorter gospel. It's truncated, and he just kind of launches in with uh, Jesus as, as an adult in his ministry years. But John, this is, this is where I wanted to go today. John is this interesting gospel. They're all interesting, but uh, it's interesting because it's written last. It's written in A.D. 90, about uh, 30 or 40 years after the other gospels are written. And, and John, uh, who actually was in charge of taking care of Mary after Jesus died and rose again and went to be in heaven, uh, he probably knew the story of Jesus' birth frontwards and backwards. He hung out with his mom, Right? But he chooses not to include any of the details that Matthew and Luke include. He just, he kind of goes behind the scenes. And he says, I want you to know about the one who was born, not just about the details of his birth. And so he starts his gospel, John chapter 1, verse 1, like this. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Remember the first time I read John, I was like, what is this word thing? In the beginning was the word. Well, I'm grateful. As I kept reading down, John let me know exactly who the word was. He says in verse 14 of that same first chapter that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. You know what my, my keys were in that verse? Ah, it's the glory of the only Son of the Father. I know from the rest of the Bible that the Son of God is Jesus. And so, doing the math there, the Word must be Jesus. You can actually take uh, Jesus' name and you can plug it into those first few verses. If you can say, in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. The text goes on and it says in verse 4, In him, in Jesus, in the Word, was life. Well, if you'd read the first few verses there, it talks about how there was nothing that made, nothing was made or that wasn't, I don't know, he uses a bunch of negatives there, but everything was made by Jesus. Everybody get that? And so what he's saying is, is that in Jesus was the essence of life, the very existence of all things that are living, all things that have been created, they came from Jesus himself. Because Jesus was with God and Jesus was and is God. He, he's basically saying, uh, some huge things with that one statement, but he's saying, listen, God, uh, Jesus created all things, and Jesus sustains all things. He is the giver and the sustainer of life. He goes on and he says, the life uh, that was created by Jesus was meant to be the light by which men would see God. Here, here's what he's basically saying. He says that all of creation is, is actually acting as this like spotlight on God himself. It points us to the, to, the, to the understanding and the knowledge that there must be a creator. Look at all this creation. There must be a creator, someone who is over us and sovereign, and as we understand from Scripture, who loves us and desires to have life with us. 
Paul, uh, the apostle, wrote uh, the book of Romans a little bit later in the New Testament. And he said in chapter 1 of his book uh, that none of us are, are, are with excuse. We are all with, without an excuse as to knowing that there's really a God because he made himself evident in the creation that he made. We're good at uh, kind of blotting God out of creation, but the Bible claims that it's kind of God's calling card. It's, uh, it's how we know that he's real. We see what he's done. Look what it says in verse 5. The light shines, uh, this light that uh, he refers to, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, this is the good news in this, this gospel, which is actually a word that means good news. What, what John just said is probably one of the best things that you'll ever hear from the Bible, that no matter how messed up this world gets, the light who is Jesus cannot be overcome. I don't know about you. I read the paper every day, most days. And uh, I read a lot about the darkness that's kind of beset our world. Uh, It's getting kind of crazy out there. It's going to be an interesting uh, future that lies ahead of us. Everybody with me? Uh, uh, There's all kinds of things that we face. Now, when it says darkness there in the scripture, it's talking about the fact that, uh, well, darkness is sin. That's what kind of is commonly understood in in the scriptures uh, to be known as, as the equivalent of darkness. Uh, sin came into the world when the first humans decided not to obey God. And, and so sin kind of has this multiple function. It's, it's things that we can choose that are wrong and that affect our lives. It's things that other people can choose that are wrong and can affect our lives. It's, it's just the world in general, the, the condition of man and how those uh, greater uh, conditions can affect our lives. Darkness is, is prevalent. But the good news, John says, is that the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. It's kind of like the Motel 6 ad. God keeps the lights on for us, right? He's never going to not give us a chance. His hope is without end. Now, the Bible goes on and it says in verse 6 this. It's going to introduce a new character to the story. And it's a character that's actually central to the Christmas story. Uh, He's a guy who's born uh, to Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, and her husband, Zechariah. It's a guy named John, and he becomes known as John the Baptist, not John the writer of this gospel, but a different John. It says, there was a a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came, verse 7, to witness, uh, to bear witness, uh, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Uh, He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Yeah, this guy, John, shows up, and uh, he just basically acts as this forerunner, this precursor, uh, who says, y'all get ready. Uh, this, this Messiah, this, this, this Christ, this, this one who is coming, he's, he's on the way. And he was just pointing to the one who would come. I feel like that's my job. I'm kind of a John the Baptist up here. If you're a Christian, that's kind of your job. And uh, if you're sitting next to one of your friends who maybe doesn't know Jesus yet, be there, John the Baptist. Point them to the light. You're not the light. Point them to the light, right? That's what we're doing here. John goes on, and he, uh, the writer of this gospel says this in verse 9. He says, the true light, referring to Jesus, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Now, here's the, here's the hard part of what John says here in his first chapter. He says, uh, this true light, Jesus was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. You know, like I said at the beginning, I think a lot of people can uh, say a few things about Jesus. You know, if you grew up in America, uh, maybe you've heard about him. You've been to a church or two. You're kind of familiar with the Christmas story, the, the, the baby in the manger and all that stuff. Uh, lots of people know about Jesus. 
but far too few people know Jesus personally. There's just not enough folks who have gone past his story to, to interacting with him personally. That's, uh, that's what John is saying here. The, the world doesn't know him. The Greek word for know there is, is the Greek word gnosko. And gnosko doesn't mean just to kind of have this mental ascent about or, or to have this you know, b- basic knowledge of it. It means to have firsthand familiarity, to be an acquaintance of and to have an experience with someone. It's, it's, it's going into a, a personal relationship with, with Jesus. And, and too many people have, have yet to make that leap. You know, some people, they come to Jesus, and I, I call them aggressive refusers. They've, they've heard the story of Jesus, and they're like, no, thanks, appreciate it, I'm out. Because he, he isn't what they expected. He can't answer every one of their questions. Uh, if I can't have all of my I's dotted and my T's crossed, uh, I'm not interested in this. Uh, those are sometimes people who don't understand or don't value th- a thing that is required in a, in a, in a Christian life. It's called faith. Uh, but when they don't fi- see what, or find what they're looking for, they just walk out. They're like me the other day. I was going to get my wife a, her Christmas present, but I waited till uh, the 23rd of December to buy it for her. Uh, I went to the store. Guess what? Wasn't there anymore. They were out. Uh, and so as a, as a, as a man, I, I don't shop, I hunt. Anybody with me on this? I'm not, I'm not trying to spend time in your store, right? I'm just going in there to give you some money for whatever it is my wife wants for Christmas, and then I'm out. That's it. So I walked in there, I went to the section where I knew what she had liked was uh, sitting, I saw that it wasn't there, and I didn't even look at anything else. I just pirouetted and walked right back out, and one of the sales ladies was like, sir, can I help you with anything? And I didn't mean to be abrupt, but I got stuff to do. It's 23rd of December, right? And I just said, no, and I kept walking. I hope she didn't find me rude. If you're sitting here right now, pardon me. (laughs) But here's the deal, I just... I didn't find what I was looking for. For a lot of people when it comes to Jesus, that's their experience. I just didn't find what I was looking for. You know what I think uh, God wanted you to be here for tonight then? Is to maybe re-examine him. And to, to ask some more questions about who Jesus is. Because Jesus came as the true light so that the world could know him, could be saved through him. And some people just uh, haven't. Uh, allowed that to happen in their thinking yet. But some, you know, listen, here's, here's probably most of us tonight, if we haven't made a, a decision for Jesus, we're not aggressive refusers, we're passive refusers. We're just kind of like, hey, I, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great story, I mostly believe it, I, I'm, I'm mostly there, but I just can't be bothered with the whole thing. You know, it just seems like, you know, this, this, this big extra deal that's going to be a part of my life, and I just, you, you know, I, I'll get to it, but just not right now. We treat Jesus like the piles that are in our house. You got any piles in your house? It didn't used to be a pile, right? But it started with one thing, and then you added another thing. We have piles of mail in my house, right? Uh, I don't know why they still send paper out, but they do. And, uh, and I get paper from people and, and bills and all this stuff, and I just kind of stack them up on the desk that's right outside the door of my house as I come in. I throw my keys, my phone, and, and then I start my pile. And that pile can get high. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I walk past the pile. You know what I think most of the time about the pile? I should really do something about that pile. I mean, that pile's going to tip over pretty soon. I keep throwing mail on top of that thing. There's probably something in there I've got to respond to. But you know what? I've had a hard day at work. I've got a big, uh, lazy boy chair waiting for me. It's dinner time. Other things. This, that. 
I'll take care of the pile later. A lot of people, they're not against God. They're, they're not denying that Jesus is the Son of God. They're just, I mean, he's kind of in the pile. I think God brought you tonight, if you're here, because God wants you to sort through that stuff. He wants you to understand uh, that when everything started with him in creation, his light shone brightly in the hearts of the first man and the first woman. And then the first man and the first woman chose or, or decided that what God was providing them wasn't enough. And so they decided to go off the grid, outside of his will. And they chose uh, to rebel against him. And when that happened, the relationship between us and God was severed. He still loved us. He still had created us. He still wanted uh, us to be with him. But he's a, a just and perfect God. And he just can't overlook the sins and the rebellion that the first man and woman chose and that everyone in here has chosen since, right? So he had to make a way. And that's what Christmas is all about. He sends his light into the world so that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I've prayed that uh, people who show up here tonight uh, would understand that, maybe not for the first time but for the last time, and they choose him by faith tonight. At the beginning of my talk, I said light helps us get to where we need to go, right? We're all grateful for light because it helps us uh, get to where we're going in our journey. We're grateful for light because it lets us see what's going on around us. Let me just make it real clear as far as what I'm wanting to say about this Jesus who is the true light of the world. The true light leads us to an eternity in God. Jesus is the only way to heaven. If you believe that we exist eternally, that's what the Bible says very clearly, uh, the only way to get there it's through the way, the truth, and the life. He is the word. He is the son of God. He is Jesus. And it is through him alone that we are saved. So we all end up in one or two places uh, when this life ends. Uh, the Bible describes it even in that verse I just quoted in John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, uh, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You either go to a place where there is perishing or where there is life. Where God is not or where God is. And the determiner of that is not how many good things you did. It's not how many times you showed up at Christmas. It's not uh, who your parents were and whether their faith was strong. The determiner in that is, is your decision to come over here and to move from a state of being in the dark and by faith receiving the light. And that, that interesting, the light in the basement of that house that I was running through wouldn't have worked if I hadn't have done this and found the cord and pulled it. If you want to be led by the true light to an eternity with him, you've got to, by faith, receive him uh, who, who gives us eternal life. It says in John chapter 1, that same chapter I was reading to you, uh, this describing Jesus as well, it says, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Later in his own teachings, Jesus said this about himself. He said, the light is among you for a little while longer Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. Even later in that chapter 12 of the book of John, he says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not 
remain in darkness. The true light is the one that guides us and leads us into an eternity in heaven. But the true light, secondly and lastly, let's just see what's going on around us. Can you just lean in for a second? I do this sometimes when I preach, but let's just talk. Can we just talk? Let's just talk. I'm a Christian. I put my faith in Jesus. I believe that God is real, that his son uh, died to set me free from my sin, that he's my hope. And that has these eternal uh, implications, and I'm so grateful that it, when I die, I can know that I'm going to spend eternity with God in heaven because of my faith in Jesus. But here's the deal. Can I just share this with you? My favorite part about my faith in Jesus Christ is that he's my light in life right now. That when darkness comes to my world, I got some dark nights of the soul. You got them? I got me some dark nights where I got questions, big ones, about big things and my life and what's going on and what should happen next. I got those kinds of questions. I got fears. I got doubts. I'm like everybody else in here, except maybe for some of us here who don't have the light yet. I have Jesus, and I feel like even though I don't have all the answers, don't even begin to come close. At least I have the comfort of his presence in my life. I have the assurance that he'll never leave me or forsake me, that he is sovereign, that he's in control, that like it says in that first chapter of John, the darkness will never overcome him. Some people might call that a crutch. I'm just intellectually, you know, uh, not sharp enough, and I need some kind of religious something to, to lean on. Hey, guilty, if that's the case. But grateful for the light that is in my life and lets me see what's going on. A really smart guy, way smarter than probably me or anybody else in here, was a guy named C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis came to faith in Christ late in his life, and he, had, he was given a paper at Oxford talking about why he was a Christian. And this is one of the things he says one of my favorite quotes of his. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Let me give you one more verse from the book of John. This is what Jesus said. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. They'll not be strapped to their sin. They'll be forgiven. They'll have the light of life. So my question for you tonight is simply this. Where do you find yourself spiritually at this moment? Have you by faith pulled the cord and received Jesus and received the light that is the true light? Or are you still waiting? Maybe Jesus is in the pile. Maybe you've had uh, some run-ins with Jesus and he isn't what you expected and you just kind of left. I can't help but think that we're in a room, we're hanging out, I'm talking about what I'm talking about. Maybe it's your time to reconsider some of these things, to have a conversation with someone. Maybe it's your time to let Jesus, who the Bible says created you, who the Bible says came to be a light for you, who the Bible says died so that your sins could be forgiven. Maybe it's your time to let him be a part of your life. When I put my faith in Jesus, I did something along the lines of this, and it's something that you'll have an opportunity in just a few minutes. I'm going to explain very clearly what I want you to do, so stick with me. But if you're here today and you feel like it's your time to meet Jesus, here's what you're basically going to do. You're going to, first of all, admit that you're a sinner. 
You're going to admit that you have mistakes. You have darkness that needs light. And that uh, uh, those mistakes, those sins, whatever you want to call them, they're, they're what's keeping you from a right relationship with God. You're going, to, you're going to believe the things that I've been saying about Jesus, that he's the true light of the world, that he and he alone can light the path to eternity for you, that he and he alone can give you life and light in the life that you live now. And then you're going to confess him, commit your life to him, exchange your life for what he wants to give you by his grace. That's how salvation begins. That's how it began in my life. It's how it can begin in yours. Everybody got your lights? I'm going to sing a song that's familiar to Christmas. It's called Silent Night. And the lines of that song, keep them off for a second, just keep them off. Those lines say, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is right, yeah. Christmas came to shine a light. Christmas is all about God shining his light in the world. And if you can, just for a second, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the beginning of this song or during this next song, Silent Night, to actually move to the corners of our room. There's going to be pastors and counselors available in each of these corners as the song begins. And if you're sensing that God is leading you to make a decision, a profession of faith in Jesus Christ, they would love to help you understand that more clearly, to pray with you so that you can have that decision realized in your life. But I want to give you an opportunity even right now. Would everybody bow your heads for just a second? We're going to use these lights for one other thing. If you would just bow your heads, I want to give people who are maybe considering this choice uh, right now uh, the opportunity to just indicate that that's where they sense God leading them. And so I'm going to ask everybody with their lights off to just keep them off. But if you're here tonight or today and you're sensing that God is leading you to put your faith in Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you just to turn your candle on and just to hold it up so that I can see it. Just turn your candle on and let me see it. Thank you. Thank you. In the back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hold them high. If this is your decision and your determination that God wants you to know Jesus, and have life with him, the true light, then I celebrate with you your choice. You can turn them off again. Here's the challenge I'm going to give you. Those of you who kept put your lights on, as we sing this song, it's going to take some courage. You might have to walk past a few people. You might be surprising somebody who brought you. <laughs> but you walk to the corners of this room, and you talk to some of the counselors who would love to share Jesus with you. You make this the best Christmas of your life because on this Christmas, you will receive the greatest gift that has ever been given to man. It's the gift of God's grace through Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. Will you stand with me as we do? God in heaven, uh, we stand in this space. The band's gonna come now. We're gonna sing this song. Uh, And as they do, uh, as we do, as we sing this song, there's going to be people in this room who are going to uh, move and, and I pray are going to have an opportunity to talk to uh, our pastors and counselors in, this, in the corners of this place. Uh, God, would you give them the courage to do so? Would you give the rest of us who perhaps have already put our faith in you the confidence uh, that we have found the true light? Uh, would you remind us this Christmas that, of what Christmas is really all about? And might we see you, Jesus, the person behind the story? May we know you. May we live life with you now and forevermore. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.